podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. All right, I'm here with Jim Johnson. Hello, everybody. And Louis Rigoni. Hey, Dolphins. And I want to take a moment just to congratulate the uh, 72 Dolphins for uh, keeping that record one more year. They were able to keep it because the um, San Francisco 49ers lost to the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, Monday night. What a game that was, huh? It, it was a fun, fun game to watch. It was a defensive game. It was it was just, you know, it, to me it had like a playoff game atmosphere. You know, you didn't know who was going to win. It kept going back and forth and back and forth. The momentum kept changing, and uh, that's what you—that's what you like at about a football game. You know, it's the kind of game you want to see, and it's the kind of game that keeps you on the edge of your seat. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And and the reason was, you know, it was a defensive game, but the you know Russell Wilson was still making plays, and uh, the 49ers were making plays, and it was it was just a lot of fun. Lou, I know you watched it. What'd you think of it? Yeah, you you hit on a lot of the points, Mike. It was a defensive game. There were a lot of big defensive plays made on both sides of the football. Both teams just came out and turned the game back and forth. The momentum went back and forth over and over again, and the defense was responsible for a lot of that. So absolutely. I mean, it was an old school game. You know, I love that type of football game, and it's one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. And, you know, you had Richard Sherman uh, playing against his old team, just right. a lot of little uh, subplots, and it was just yes. good. Really yeah, absolutely. That, that was a good key factor right there. Uh-huh. So back to the 72 Dolphins. Uh, these guys, you know, they get to keep that record one more year, and uh, it, it's great to see. Uh, you know, uh, they're getting older, and some of them are falling off. And uh, me personally, I want to see them hold that record until every last member of that team has passed on because I really want them to uh, have it for life. I'm greedier than that. I want them to have it forever. I, not, you know, records are always meant to be broken, so <laughs> somebody will break it. But I, I just hope that doesn't happen while any of the guys uh, members are alive. Yeah, it, it's getting to that point, Mike. Yeah. I mean, you're talking 47 years now, that Crazy. 72 team, which, you know, we're coming up on 50, 50 years. I mean, it's just an incredible feat. And, um, you know, it, there's, I mean, I don't know what else you can really say about it. I mean, 47 years and teams have come close, but they have not been able to duplicate it. So that's well, all that needs the, to be said. The team that came closest lost in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Imagine, yep, yep. imagine the feeling after that. That had that had to be so emotionally rushing. Right, absolutely. In a game, they were favored to win too. Yeah, sure, no so. question. Everybody had the Giants written off in that one. You yeah. gotta love the New York Giants. Absolutely, yep. my Eli second Man- favorite Eli team. Manning is my hero. Yep. Yes, <laughs> love Eli. I will forever love the New York Giants. Forever. The helmet catch forever. Absolutely. So the Buffalo Bills are coming to town. Mm-hmm. Last I checked. You guys looking forward to the game? <laughs> Always look forward to the games. Absolutely, Mike. But it's Buffalo, right? Well, we look forward to it even more when it's Buffalo or the Jets or the, yeah, or, or the or Patriots. The pa- I was going to say, yes. we just yeah. we just beat up on the Jets, so maybe yeah. we can take on the, the Bills now. Well, that was fun because of Adam Case, but this will be fun because it's Buffalo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just 
I mean, I love the division rivalries. I don't know how you guys feel about it. You know, a free agency has toned them down somewhat, but I, yes. I still love them. Absolutely. Yes, us us old school fans sure remember those those rivalries for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, it add it adds a different dimension to the games. Yeah, just a little more, you know, a little more passion, a little more passion, you know, and and the, and the players, you know, really used to have the hatred for each other and. Now it's a different league, you know. It's it's a little bit different. I mean, there's still rivalries and they're still fun, uh, but they're not as fun as they once were. Just because the the intensity is is not quite the same, but uh, they're still enjoyable football games. And uh, when Buffalo comes in here, we probably figure it's going to be a relatively close game. Uh, what's the spread, guys? You you remember? I think it's about six points for the Bills. Yeah. So okay. So that's probably about what it should be, right? Yeah, most likely it's a lot better than the 17 points they were favored by a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, that was kind of ridiculous, but it is what it is, you know. Uh, you know, Miami's, I think, won three or four against the spread in a row. Right. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so, Lewis, what do you think about the game? Well, I think it's going to be a nip-and-tuck game, Mike, just like the one up in Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's offense has struggled. Um, they're not one of the – they're in the bottom third of the league as far as total offense. and. uh a lot of that has to do with Josh Allen's play. You know, he's in his second season, so you know you got to give him a little bit of uh, a leeway there. You know, in regard to his play, and be patient with him. But the way he was playing at the end of last season just hasn't developed over the course of this season. You know, we're nine games in now, and his numbers just aren't that great. He's only completing like fifty-six percent of his passes, and uh, you know that doesn't win you a lot of games. Exactly. His uh, touchdown to interception ratio is 10 to 7. Um, you know, they're just not getting the job done. And I think it has a lot to do with not only him, but their receivers. Uh, John Brown is their number one, and he's a very solid receiver. He gets targeted the most, but, you know, past him, they have Beasley, who's a nice, you know, slot player. He leads the team in touchdown receptions. He has three. The rest of the team, though, the second and third receivers, they just don't have anybody that's developed into those type of players. So, you know, on the opposite side, they keep trying to work somebody else in. They've tried Robert Foster, McKenzie. Uh, Zay Jones is now in Oakland. He started the season as the number two, so he's not even there no longer. Uh, Knox, their tight end, is a pretty solid player. He averages a little bit over 13 yards of reception. But he's not, you know, he's not a Kelsey type. He's not a George Kittle type. He's a he's a solid player. So, you know, in regard to the passing game, that has a lot to do with where they're at. They just don't have a lot of big playmakers there. Now, where their strength is, is in the running game. Right. And uh, Singletary averages over six yards a carry. He missed a few games. He's been injured on and off. But he is a very dynamic player. And he's a guy that we have to worry about this Sunday. If we can contain him, I think we'll be fine. You know, Josh Allen brings his element to the running game as well. He has six touchdowns rushing the football this year, which is crazy. He's he's actually got more touchdowns rushing than both Gore and Singletary combined. So, you know, it's it's a concern. You have to worry about him coming out of the pocket. Now, we did a pretty fair job on him up in Buffalo when we played yeah, when we, we played him up in Buffalo. So yeah. this team is not 
very difficult to defend. If we can go out and play some sound football, I think you're going to see a very nip-and-tuck football game, a game that we could, again, possibly win. I think our struggles are going to be uh, scoring points this week against their defense. We struggled yep. a little bit last time. Jim can talk a little bit about yep. their defense and stuff, but uh, I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah, I just want to add, uh, last week they you know they lost to the Browns, but they only had like 80 yards rushing on the ground, and, and 28 or so of those yards came from Allen. Yep. So they're going to want to get back to that ground and pound game against us this weekend. So, you know, we're going to have to try to stop that run for sure. Well, you know, we thought they were going to pound us last time, and they right. really didn't. They no. were they really did not take that approach. It'll be interesting to see if they do that this time. Exactly. There, there's something not right there, and I, I can't put my finger on it. It may be the offensive line, but their offense just is not doing – I mean, I guess all the things I talked about are attributing to it. You know, Josh yeah. Allen's play oh, yeah. and the, the receivers, but – you would think that the running game would be much better than when it was. And it's not horrible. I mean, they they do run the ball, but that's basically where their offense is coming from. They're just not making a lot of big plays on that team. Right. Uh, Brown, like I said, is their leading receiver, and he has, one, uh, he has two touchdown catches all year. So, you know, that's where we're at. We have, what, Devontae with four or five? Right. At this point? Of late, our offense has been just as good as theirs. The problem is with you know, with losing Preston Williams and, you know, Drake not being part of the equation anymore, we're very, very limited on offense. And again, that's where I think we're going to struggle. So Jim, uh, tell us about the defense. Well, obviously they've got a third of the fourth power ranked defense in the league. They're only giving up 165 yards passing and a little over 100 yards on the ground. We're going to have our work cut out for us. They're one of the top defenses and we're near the bottom on the offensive side of the ball. But we're going to have to spread the ball around, uh, spread that defense out, try to take advantage of the you know the linebackers and coverage. Tremaine Ed- Edmonds and Matt Milano are playing pretty well, but you know we got to get a guy like Mike Gazeki to take advantage of his size out there. You know you got to work that short passing game. You got to get uh, Grant involved, maybe get Wilson some some catches in the middle there, and uh, you know see what Laird can do, see if he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But uh, you're going to have to spread it out and uh, attack the middle of that uh, that defense. Now, their cornerback, Tredavious White, is playing very well. He shut o- Odell Beckham Jr. down uh, pretty pretty hard last week. We're going to probably target, uh, you know, whoever our number two and three cornerbacks, uh, yeah, receivers are out there against Levi Wallace and uh, try to stay away from White. Going to have to try to have some balance and some misdirection and maybe some trick plays to kind of fool that defense a little bit. Yeah, it's such a catch-22, isn't it, Jim? I mean, you you think you have to go out there and, and run the football, but if you look at it, you know, if I'm looking at it as a coach, I'm like, are we even going to be able to do this? Are we just going to be wasting our time trying to run the football? Because last, like last week, yeah, yeah, last, exactly. last week it was a struggle. And, and personally, uh-huh. I think this team is a little bit stronger on the defensive side of the football. So it is. Right. And with that misdirection and trickery I was talking about, you know, you can't go out there and run on first down and and try to run again on second and then throw on third. If you're that predictable, they're just going to they're just going to eat. 
Well, you know, trickery doesn't generally work against disciplined defenses. Well, this is true, but, you know, when I said attack that short passing game, you know, if you do that short pass on first down when they've got three linebackers on the field, you know, that's going to be a higher success rate. By trickery, I mean line up the same, but don't do the same running play. Do something a little different. So uh, you're going to have to try to fool that defense a little bit. You want to go against your tendencies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The problem is, is that, and I think the way they should attack them is the same way, Jim. I think they have to get balls out into the flat. Right. Instead of just trying to pound the ball up the middle, running through the one hole or the two hole, yeah, it just didn't, it, it's not going to work. And the, the problem that we're going to run into is who in the fact is going to catch these balls in the flat and create positive plays for us. It, it's really hard to, to, you know, to look at it right now. If you got Balazs in the game, and you put him in that situation, yeah, it's that's, not, it, yeah, it's that's not a strength. Your, that's probably your worst option. Absolutely. And then when Laird or even Gaskins is in the game, Buffalo's going to know that more than likely we're going to be throwing the ball in the flat to those guys. You know, it, we're, we're, you know so I, I don't really know how we're going to go about this. I think we're going to... That's our biggest problem with Balage is he's a one-dimensional player, and, and that... Exactly. That shows your hand before you've played your cards. And, you know, if he's lined up back there, they about guarantee, they've watched the film. They've seen him try to catch the ball, so they know we're not going to do that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Balazs is a problem right now as far as game planning. That's, that's a definite handicap for us. I don't think he's as bad as he's looked. I just think he's looked bad. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. He sure hasn't capitalized on his opportunities. Yeah. Uh, you know, Not at the, all. the balls have bounced off his hands, and you know that one play where he ducked, and well, he just hasn't looked good in in right in a lot of his opportunities, and right, he just hasn't looked comfortable, and, and right. hopefully, hopefully, you know, with practice and. Uh, repetition he he gets his act together because i think he's capable i don't think he has horrible hands but they have looked horrible yeah that's for sure we'll see what happens but i don't think throwing the ballage is going to win you this game but, you <laughs> no, know i just don't no. think that's the way to go if you're if you're trying to score points now it I know your uh, favorite saying about Balaj recently is he's about as elusive as a loaf of bread. So, yep. uh, you know, even if he catches the ball, he's not going to shake. He's not going anywhere, right? He's not going to shake many tacklers. Right, exactly. Unless he runs them over. And, you know, for as big as he is, I haven't seen him run a lot of people over. Yeah, he doesn't run with a lot of power like some similar size backs do. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think he runs behind behind his pads you know he doesn't right. quite get low enough and and use that physicality that he that he has yeah uh, this is the problem as you yeah. look at our offense you're saying to yourself where is it going to come from right you know parker you know they're going to be blanketing you know right. they're going to probably throw a safety over the top of him and you have to look to guys like Gasicki, hearns and hearns and as Jim said, Albert Wilson and maybe yeah. Grant to create some plays. Yeah. You know, I have a suspicion that this coaching staff is just not high on either one of them. Yeah, that's the impression I get as well, Mike. Well, I mean, they, they re-signed Grant, Mike, so they saw something in him. The thing is this, is that 
right now these guys have to start making plays. Uh, Williams is gone, and some of these guys are just going to have to step up, step up because Fitzpatrick is going to give them opportunities as long as they're finding their way open somehow, some kind of way, he's going to find them and he's going to throw them the football and they're going to have to produce. I'm not worried about Fitzpatrick in the least. I know you, you really like him and well, I, 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 I mean, get it. He's, he's been playing, like I said last week, over his head. He's playing very well. He's playing extremely well. He's finding the guys. They have to catch footballs and make plays. Uh, just like, you know, Devontae had an opportunity in the end zone the week before. It was, you know, a tight end dropping a ball that, you know, or ba- yeah. having a ball bounce off yeah. his hands into the defenders. Those are the type of things we can't have happen. These guys have to start making plays. Albert Wilson's signed to a nice contract here. And we're now nine games into the season, Mike. So he has to start producing for us as well. You know, the the fact that he was injured last year is fine and dandy, but if he's healthy enough to be on the football field, then he's got to start producing. It's it's just that simple. So, I you know, some of these guys are going to have to step up if we're going to win football games down the stretch here. Yep, that's for sure. I mean, those, you know, Grant and, and Wilson are probably your two fastest players. Yes. Um, if you're going to be throwing the ball, it would be helpful to be able to use those guys. Absolutely. I mean, Mike, look at what they have done this year in comparison to last year. When those guys were on the field last year, they were making plays for us, both of them. And look at their numbers this year. They're non-existent. I mean, they're absolutely, I mean, how many catches do you guys think Wilson has this season? Mm. I don't think he has five. I don't think so either. Yeah, it's it's a low number. And Grant And Grant doesn't have many more. Many more, exactly. So, especially with Williams being out, these guys, again, they have to step up. Well, yeah. they've had they both had injuries, and, right. and you know, so it's not like the coaches just aren't using them. It's that they weren't able to use them for a while. So it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that if they're going to move the ball on offense, they're going to have to find a way to do it, and uh, we don't think they're going to be able to consistently run against Buffalo. So that means that it's going to fall on Fitzpatrick to uh, continue to make plays, create. That's right, he's going to have to. It's going to fall on the offensive line to give him the time to do so. Yep. That's a li- little scary. I always get scared when we talk about our line. <laughs> yeah, well, we should be. One of the key players to worry about is is Jordan Phillips as well. He's he's an ex-Dolphin, and yeah. uh, he, he may be playing with a little chip on his shoulder, and he's leading the Bills with six sacks right now. So, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, they're going to have to account for him for sure. Just throw some chicken wings on the other side of the field. You won't have to account for him. There you mm-hmm. go. There you go. <laughs> All right, so... That's it for Buffalo, huh? Not nothing else you want to add? Well, we got to win the turnover game, and we got to keep them on. Oh, the- now you're stealing my phrases. Oh well, <laughs> there you go. Let us have it, Mike. Well, Allen does fumble the football, that's so it. Yeah. Uh, he, he's put the ball on the ground eleven times this year. So that, that's a lot. Yeah, it's an yeah. awful lot. I mean, when you compare them to all the other running backs and the amount of carries that they've had, I mean, they, they don't fumble the football. You know, Gore doesn't. Right, he never has in his career. But right. but he's put the ball on the ground eleven times, and that's where that's where we have to create. We did last week, and it wound up being crucial to the win. Right. And somehow, some kind of way, the defense, you know, we, we haven't really talked about what the defense is going to do. We've talked more about the offense and they're going to probably wind up struggling. But you know what? Our defense made a lot of big plays last week and they're going to have to do it again this week if we're going to win. Yeah, I think 
They're going to have to contain Allen. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. that's your focus going into right. the game, you know. But a short field, Mike, would be very important to us as well if we yeah. can get some turnovers, you know, on their yeah. side of the field. Yep. Win special teams. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And their return game is pretty good. They're, they're averaging close to 30 yards of return, I think I read somewhere. So that's something we're going to have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Well, if it if it does become a field position battle, I mean, I, mean, I think our kickers are capable. Absolutely. Yes. You know, that's how I see it. I mean, you know, always you want to win time of possession. You want to uh, convert more third downs than they do. And uh, obviously limit the penalties and turnovers. And if they do those things, uh, they can certainly win. Um, I do want to make a shout out to uh, Ryan Norwood. He uh, offered us a couple of tickets to give away, and uh, we did. And uh, Lewis is going to be taking his wife to the game. How about oh, that? That's awesome. Thanks, man. We're going man. down there, and I hope there's no stinking Buffalo Bill fans around me because I, uh, it's on if there is. Yeah. I'm, bringing a, I'm bringing a bag of peanuts down there, oh, and, oh, um, and they're going to get pelted all game he long. He ain't lying. He does that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you can, you can throw a $12 beer at him, right? No, he'll just sit no, there and quietly the throw not, shelled peanuts no, at him. Yeah, the beer's not getting thrown at him, Jim. I can assure you that. But but those peanuts will be pelting him all day long. So All right. So the last thing we wanted to talk about was, you know, everybody's so focused on quarterbacks. You know, how are we going to get a quarterback? And there was talk of, you know, uh, Cam Newton's going to be a free agent. Maybe they'll go after him. There's obviously talk of uh, Kaepernick. Uh, the last couple of days because he's going to have a, a, a showing on Tuesday in front of these scouts. Uh, and, you know, you got all these guys in the draft that, that are available. You know, everybody talks about Tua Tungo Bailoa. They talk about Joe Burrow and they talk about Justin Herbert. But there are other quarterbacks in, the, in this draft. Uh, uh, there's Jalen Hurts. There's Jordan Love. There's uh, Jacob Eason. Now, he's a junior. Who knows if he's going to come, you know, to the NFL or not? But uh, he's a pretty talented kid. Yeah. Uh, there's Fromm also as well. Yeah, yeah. I was getting to him. Okay. Jake Fromm and uh, Jamie Newman, and and that's just you know a handful. But they're there. There's quarterbacks out there. Uh, I I am sure that they have you know a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. I don't think we have to worry about them finding a quarterback as much as we are. I just think they'll find one, and if they don't find one they're happy with, they'll have another opportunity in the following draft to find one. That's their job. They got to do it. You know. What do you think of those quarterbacks I mentioned, Lewis? Uh, would you be happy with Cam Newton or Kaepernick? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the answer. I, I, but. I have to laugh at this. I mean, the first thing you got to look at is, are they going to make the team better? Now, right. in regard to Cam Newton, yes, he would make the team a much better team, but you have to deal with all that other stuff that he brings to the table. And this is going to be a very young football team do you want that type of player around a young football team and in in my mind the answer is no now in regard to Kaepernick I don't think he makes this team better I don't think he's any better than Orion Fitzpatrick now Fitzpatrick is under contract next year so you have him and Rosen it if he's still here, is on the contract. So if you bring a guy like that in, well, now you, last time we saw Kaepernick play was 2016. 
Right. right. And how was he playing at that point? He didn't have a great season. I don't think he had a great season in 15 either, Mike. But, you know, the thing is, is he going to make your team better? And and number two is, is he worth the circus that's going to come with that? Because if he was, then somebody at this point would have signed him. There's been so many injuries across the NFL over the last few years. Teams that were going to go into the playoffs, they could have used somebody like him. But you have to look at it and value whether it's worth bringing that circus that is going to come with him to your football team. And and in my opinion, the answer is no. Well, to me, neither one of them are a great option for different reasons, Uh you know, Kaepernick's getting older. He hasn't played in a while. One of the strengths of his game was running the football. Who knows if he can still run? <laughs> you know, we just don't know. So it's it's yeah. hard to say what you would get with him, even without all the distraction and everything else. And with Newton, I've never been a big Cam Newton fan, but uh, if he's healthy and he's motivated, he's a pretty good quarterback. He's yes. very good. He's very good. When he's when he's on his game, Mike, he is one of the best. I, I, I would be more fond of that move than the other, uh, but I'm not ecstatic about either one of them, you know? I would rather they draft their quarterback. Absolutely. What about you, Jim? Are you thinking along the same lines? I, you guys already hit most of the reasons that I would already addressed for him. Uh, Cam Newton is... You know, you mentioned, Lou, that we have a very young team and we're going to continue to be young with all our draft picks. And, you know, Cam Newton, when he's winning and things are going well, is is a great teammate and all. But when things go off track a little bit, he gets to be a selfish guy that that is not going to be your your locker room standout guy that the team wants to follow, in my opinion. He's a little quirky. Yes, he's definitely one way or the other. And, you know, with Kaepernick, I mean, we haven't, this guy hasn't played in three years. His last year was poor. To me, if he really genuinely wanted to play football, he he would have been playing football somewhere, be it at the in the, the CFL or wherever. He would have been playing the game somewhere and, and keeping himself in game shape. Well, maybe he has. I mean, he hasn't been playing somewhere, but maybe he right. is in game shape. Well, you know, we, we don't know that. Maybe so, but I, I just I'd be very skeptical that he's going to be able to make, like Lou said, make the team better. I just don't see that. I'd I'd much rather start with a with a rookie in the draft somewhere. And the other thing we have to we have to consider is you have a guy on the bench right now who they gave up a second round pick for. Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, there was an article written today. You know that Rosen is basically sitting with Fitz during. Uh, their pregame work, and yep. uh, he's taught, teaching him how to read film and and yeah. uh, how to scout, you know, scout opponents, and uh, basically teaching him from the ground up. And and he's, you know, he's he's actually said there's layers to this game right. that I never really, you know, understood was taught. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there maybe he gained something from that, and I'm not overly optimistic he's going to, but you never know. Right. Uh, so. You know, it really depends on on how much he was fed in college and uh, how much different it is on this level. You know, I'm not familiar with uh, the coaching at uh, USC or wherever it is that he went. Right. And and to Jim's point, to all of our points that we've made, who would you rather have here next year with a young, impressionable play, young, impressionable players coming in here? You want a guy like Fitzpatrick here because he's going to teach. All of these guys, the receivers, 
the tight end, the running backs, the, the quarterback that we possibly draft, he's going to teach them the right way to handle themselves in situations on and off the field. He's a perfect guy to have here. He's a good mentor. Yes. Absolutely. You can't, Cam Newton, you know, in regard to talent, there's no question he's a much bigger talent. Kaepernick, you know, I mean, it's oranges and apples here. It's it's night and day. I mean, you want a guy like Fitzpatrick here to mentor these young kids. And you want that. You want him instilling what he has done over the course of his career. I mean, obviously, he'll be respected by all these young guys. He's 30. He'll be 37 next year. So that's the type of guy that you want as all these young players come in. You want an extra coach on the field. He's perfect for this team right now. And, and I'm really, really looking forward to see to seeing what happens as this season progresses and next season as it develops, you know, whether, you know, when, whether we draft a young guy or not. I think he's going to be a perfect guy for that situation if, in fact, we do do that in the draft. I do, too, I, because he's, he's mentally the right kind of person you want. You know, Absolutely. He's, he's very, very intelligent. He is a good communicator. He's somebody the guys respect. And uh, he's certainly been around long enough that he knows the ins and outs of preparing for a football game. Absolutely. He's exactly what you'd want. Okay, this is how I look at this whole quarterback situation, talking about Newton and Kaepernick. We're building a brand new house here with this team. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put a, a second-hand front door on the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to have a nice, bright, shiny front door. I'm I'm not going to go with something that somebody else has thrown out. So, Absolutely. Uh, nope, it's just not an option for me. And, no. my, and Jim, that, that bright, shiny new door is going to come at a very heavy price to boot. That's true. It could be. I mean, yep. not, not the bright, shiny new door, the old door, uh, you know, yeah, the second-hand exactly. door. It's going to come at, at a nice price. We're going to take a nice hit. I mean, if they're talking about signing Cam Newton, That's he's going to sign for buku money. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we, we've, seen, we've been down this road before with Culpepper and some of these other guys. I, I, I'm oh, a, you just gave me heartburn. I'm on the same page. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Mike. I'm on the same page, Jim. You know, you, you want a young guy coming in. Fitzpatrick's a good mentor, as we said. It's the perfect scenario going in the next season. That's what you want. It's the best scenario for the team. I think so. Uh, I, I think we all pretty much agree. Uh, you know, I'd like them to draft one of these young guys, whether it's Fromm or whether it's uh, Jalen Hurts. It really doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm right. sure I'll look into these guys more as the season ends and their season ends. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'd like them to draft one of these guys, regardless of where they finish, you know, in, in the draft order. Absolutely. You know, there's going to be a quarterback there that's available to them regardless. So I, I wouldn't sweat it. Uh, you know, one thing I will say is, you know, we're only nine games into our season, but uh, Flores has really been impressive. Uh, he is authoritative. He is um, on point. He's very consistent in his demands. And I really think that he's going to be a good coach. Uh, Agreed. He, he really seems like uh, the X's and O's aren't going to be a problem for him. He seems like time management's not going to be a problem for him. Uh, he's a little bit aggressive, and I like that. Yep. You know, so we'll see. I mean, I really feel good as far as he's concerned. Now, look, it's early, and, you know, we could be way off. But uh, his first impression has been a good one. Well, they're overachieving, Mike. 
Absolutely. Jim, right? Do you guys yeah. agree with that? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. At this point, this team is overachieving. I mean, we, we've gotten rid of Drake. We've lost Preston Williams, and the team keeps rolling. We lost Xavier Howard. We lost Rashad Jones for you know most of this season, and the team keeps rolling. Guys keep stepping in and making plays. I mean, that you have to attribute to what the coaching staff is doing. Absolutely. There's no question about it. So they're, they're overachieving, and that's what you want to see. In, in years past and different coaching regimes, we've seen nothing but underachieving. So, uh-huh. This is very nice to see. There's no question about it. Well, very I, excited. Go I got to I got to tell you when we made that fourth down stop at the end of that Indianapolis game, when I saw Flores's reaction, mm-hmm. that really, I mean that that gave me the warm and fuzzies, you know. There was there <laughs> was no there was no thought of tanking in that moment. And yeah. You know, he's he's on the ball, he's paying attention, he's not sitting over there on the bench looking at a at a tablet trying to figure out what the hell's going wrong, uh, like our last coach does frequently. So right. I, I'm I'm very optimistic with the direction that Flores has taken the team. I'm I'm loving it so far. Oh yeah. All right. So we all think we have some potential there on the head coach. Anything else you guys would like to add tonight? I think we're good, Mike. We covered quite a bit. I'm Jim? fine. Ah, I think we're. I think we did pretty well, and uh, you know we we do have a chance against these Buffalo Bills. Uh, but we've got three in a, a row, Jim. Uh, we have a chance. I, I don't know if I would pick the Dolphins in this game, but uh, if they can uh, keep the you know the Buffalo You're Bills, picking them, aren't you? Nope. If they can keep the Bills, if they can keep the Bills offense on the sideline, they'll have a chance of winning this game. Are we making our predictions now, Mike? Sounds like Jim is trying. Going? Well, Jim, go ahead. Finish oh, up your thought. Well, I wasn't actually going to make a pick, but well, since you, you since you, you, put, you dug the hole, so since you put me on the spot on the spot, I'm still going to pick the Buffalo Bills to win this game, 24 to 13. I I don't see us overcoming 13, the Buffalo huh? defense. Okay. I I got 20 to nine. I don't even think we score a touchdown this week. I think we're really going to have a hard time getting into the end zone. We'll kick two, three field goals. I see it 20 to nine. I'm going to go a little higher than that. Uh, I'm going to go 21-20. Wow. Oh, okay. a close one, eh, Mike? Yep. And who's yep. winning? Well, the blue guys. Oh, <laughs> <The> man. Guys. <laughs> Last second kick or what? I haven't figured all that out, okay? But I, th- I think we score more than 14 points. I think we get up to 20. And yeah. uh, the Bills get 21. We'll see what happens. I mean, it, to me, this is a game that really can go either way. Yeah. <laughs> I got to share something with you guys real quick. And I, okay. meant, I meant to do this on Monday, but it's going to work out better now because Jim's on here as well. So I went down to the Offered All Gridiron Grill Off, which is just a phenomenal event. You see a bunch of ex-Dolphin alumni there and they have great food and the wine is great. It's just a really, really good, good. It's a great event. And I would suggest it to any Dolphin fan that lives in South Florida, even in Northern Florida, you know, come down, um, you know, you can look it up. It's called a John Offerdahl Gridiron Grill Off. They usually do it right at the beginning of November every year. So anyway, when I go down there, I talk to most of the players and Ron Heller. uh, Do you guys remember Ron Heller? I do. Yeah, you do, Jim. You remember him? He was an offensive tackle. We signed yep. him from Philly. Right tackle. Right tackle. Really, really big guy and a good football player. So anyway, he came over at the same time Mike Golick did, 
uh, from Philly. That's a, they, that's a fun combination. They, they both played in Philly. Well, Golik's a defensive player. So, yeah. And then Keith Byers came over as well. So anyway, Heller's telling me a story because I, I had asked him about playing for Shula and playing for Buddy Ryan and uh, some of the other coaches that he played for. He played for a lot of interesting coaches. So with Buddy Ryan, he said that it was all, you know, whatever, you know, during practice, you know, we're going to go out, kick their butts on Sunday. And he said, that's probably why we never won a Super Bowl, because we had more talent than anybody at the time. And uh-huh. if you think about it, they did. You know, they had Reggie yeah. White. They had just phenomenal guys on defense, Clyde Simmons, you know, you name it. And then on the offensive side, you had Randall Cunningham. You just had some really, really good football players. So, he comes, Heller says he comes over here and they're in practice one day and him and Golick are going at it. You know, Golick's on the defensive side and Heller's uh-huh. on the offensive side and they're lallygagging. They're goofing around. They're, you know, they're laughing in between plays and this and that. And Heller said Shula comes up to him and says, hey, what are you guys doing? There's no laughing on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Heller says, yes, sir, coach. And he ran off the field, you know, for the (laughs) And it was the funniest thing because I can actually see that happening. And he said it was such a difference playing for him, you know, coming from the Buddy Ryan Uh coaching staff. And he said it was night and day. He said he was a, a pleasure to, you know, to play for. He just enjoyed his time here, but it was something completely different than what he was used to. And I thought it was hysterical. It was just a funny, funny story, you know. There's no laughing on the field. Yeah, and I and I bet he knew damn well Shula wasn't playing either. Oh no, definitely not. Yeah. He said, "Yes, sir, coach." Yeah, and, and, you know, and he just ran off the field. It was funny. That's a good story. Thanks for that, Lou. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is a good story. Uh, you know, I and that's that's the reason you want to go to these grill offs. I mean, there's a number of players there. What'd you say, Lou? There's about twenty there this year. Yeah, I think there was like 22. It was somewhere between 20 and 25. Um, I got an opportunity to talk to Stratford about, you know, Flores, and and he's real high on him. Troy Stratford, he played running back for us for a few years mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, he's very high on Flores. He likes him a lot. He loves what Fitzpatrick's doing. I, you know, I, I tried to talk to as many guys as possible when they had some time. But there's a lot of people there, so it's a little bit difficult. But the guys are, are so they're so personable. I mean, Channing Crowder is just a phenomenal a individual. Character. Every yeah. single one of the guys. Gaduper was there, Larry Little, uh, Jim Kick and Mercury Morris were there. I mean, it goes on and of course offered all. It, it's just great to see these guys. You know, they're 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 our history right there, you know, yep. decades yep. of it. So yep. it's it's fun. It's fun. All right. Well, that's going to be our show for tonight. I want to thank you guys for joining me and uh, thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back on Monday after the Buffalo game. All right. Let's go Dolphins. Fins up. Fins up. All right. So that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 